we all have this fantasy of who we think we should be. And often we aren't clear on exactly what our highest values are. And we're subordinating again to injected values from society, from our parents, um, from messages. And so, so much of it is first to get clear on what our highest values are and what's really important to us. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast fans, welcome back. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at Runner's High, the only running specialty store here in Golden. You can check them out on the web at runnershighco.com. They've got a shop here in Golden, Colorado, and they just opened a second location in Morrison, Colorado, right there at the base of Red Rocks Amphitheater. So why do I love the folks at Runner's High? Well, Deb and Ken are an incredible couple. Both have extensive running backgrounds and pedigrees. They have a wealth of knowledge and experience. They are the ones that helped me back in 2015 when I started training for my first Ironman and was getting back into running. They put me on their treadmill there in their store and did a running gait analysis, helped me figure out what I needed for both training shoes as well as race day shoes. And I'll just share that they got me hooked on the Hoka 1-1 for training days and on the Newton lightweight running shoes for race day. And this protocol has worked beautifully for me for the last three years. Uh, it's also my only source of running and training nutrition both during and after I buy my scratch labs hydration mix at runner's high and they also just got me hooked on the tailwind nutrition vanilla recovery mix which I use after my workouts so they are fantastic they will absolutely help you get sorted with your running shoes as well as apparel and they sell some pretty amazing yoga pants too they are offering a discount to our listeners. If you mention that you are a Maximum Enthusiasm podcast fan, they'll give you 10% off running shoes and 20% off apparel. You can also just mention the last name Hotman, H-O-T-T-M-A-N, and you will be a friend for life with Runners High and Golden. So again, check them out, runnershighco.com. back. Today's show is with my therapist slash coach slash amazing friend and fellow female entrepreneur, Donna Parker. I started seeing Donna three years ago and she has been a game changer for me. I call her my secret weapon. My work with her has truly changed my life and my biggest regret is that I didn't start meeting with her sooner or even just doing this kind of work sooner in my life. It took a, a personal, um, I guess, life setback, I'll say, in 2015 to really prompt me to do this work. And prior to that, I hadn't done any type of therapy or life coaching. And my recommendation to you, if you're listening today, is to do some of that work. Whether you're dealing with trauma or whether your life is absolutely awesome right now, I guarantee you that it will benefit your life and you in some way. It just adds such clarity and such sense of um, not only purpose, but your why, and also a way of just kind of strengthening that inner voice and that inner compass 
in a really beneficial and useful way, at least for me. Um, my work with Donna, as well as my work with Demi, uh, who was the earlier guest on the show on Soul Purpose, the two of those combined has been really pivotal in my life. And so it's with great pleasure that I get to bring Donna to you and your eardrums today. We obviously talk about stuff on pretty superficial surface since we've only got 40 minutes or so, but we're gonna share some resources and things with you on the website and I'd encourage you to check those out and I'll also have her contact information if you'd like to call her and work with her. She and I are also working on some workshops that we're gonna try to host here in Golden, Colorado and we can certainly make them available by video to people that don't live here. Um, I also just want to share kind of on these same topics and subjects. I'm reading a really two great books right now. Um, one I just finished called Present Over Perfect, and I highly recommend that, especially to the women listeners. And I'm currently reading a book called Thrive by Ariana Huffington, the owner of Huffington Post. And she talks about how she hit such a point of burnout and exhaustion in her personal and professional life. She literally passed out and hit her head on the corner of her desk on her way down and um, woke up in a pool of blood and realized at that moment that her life just couldn't continue the way that it was. And so she talks about, you know, cutting back on work and getting more sleep and truly prioritizing things in her life. She talks about meditation. And frankly, a lot of these things are, are topics that Don and I talk about today and just figuring out what your true values are and then acknowledging that we treat those true values as our top priorities. And sometimes we like to trick ourselves into thinking that something over there is a priority when our actions actually say otherwise. And that can be true for relationships in our life as well. Um, I forget if it was Present Over Perfect or Thrive, but one of the two books talks about drawing concentric circles with people who are your most, most important, closest friends, closest family members in the very inner circle. And then drawing rings out from that circle and the further out the ring, sort of the further removed the relationship all the way out to, you know, strangers or, or very vague colleagues or very um, superficial relationships. And the point that was made with these concentric circles is to try and disappoint the people in the center, the very least, and to honestly stop caring about disappointing the people in those far out circles. And that was really important to me too. And so you'll hear Donna and I talk about that prioritization and, and our assessment of values. And we offer a, a tool to actually have you go and take a test to figure out what your current top values are. Anyway, I just think this woman is fantastic. She's gonna throw some things at you that if you've never really worked in this realm before, maybe kind of maybe blow your mind a little bit. Honestly, I love the fact that that could happen for you. Maybe we turn some things on their head. Maybe you disagree with everything we talk about, and that's okay too. But I think at the end of the day, uh, we are ultimately all interconnected, and there is this energetic source that is ever-present in our relationships and our behavior, and there are pros and cons and benefits and drawbacks to everything. And at the end of the day, I just at least want to be my very best self and go to sleep at night knowing that I showed up my most authentic, vulnerable self and that I positively touched as many people as I could while still being true to my own self. And my work with Donna has definitely helped me put more and more of those types of nights where my head hits the pillow feeling that way in sequential fashion in order. So cheers to living your best, most authentic, most purposeful, passionate life. I know you're going to love this one with Donna, but of course I say that before every episode. So anyway, buckle in. This is a good one. You might want to have some paper and a pen to take some notes. 
It's a gorgeous Friday here in Golden, and I have the amazing privilege of hosting my friend and my incredible coach, Donna Parker. Donna, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Megan. This is so exciting. I can't wait to share you with the world. (laughs) Thanks, Megan. I'm excited excited to be shared with the world. Oh, man. Uh, For our listeners, you're going to benefit so much from the next 30 to 40 minutes of time. This is time well spent. Wherever you are, if you're in your car, on the treadmill, or just out walking through life, uh, these these thoughts and words are going to really settle on your ears. I'm excited for how they impact you. Um, I had the the great um, benefit of meeting Donna and being introduced to her about three years ago. And we've been working together through life's highs and lows for sure. Um, and I've just benefited so much from my work with her. And we're going to talk about some of those major kind of breakthrough areas and, um, I mean, Donna, you're just such a force, you know, you just have this energy about you. Has it been that way your whole life? Well, Megan, thank you for saying that. And I have to point out um, the law of transparency and reflection. (laughs) What you see in me, of course, is a reflection of you. Um, So I hope you equally acknowledge that within yourself. And yes, absolutely. I have had um, just an insatiable desire to learn and understand um, human behavior and, and the whys since I was a little girl, just consistently asking the whys, reading everything I could get my hands on. Do you remember, was there a moment or was it perhaps a coach or a therapist that you worked with at one point that really pointed you towards this being your life calling? You know, I think my mom was probably my greatest inspiration because I remember sitting in church one day with her and I just kept questioning and questioning and questioning. Sure. And she said, honey, I think you need to question everything. And and this doesn't align with my thinking either. So she oh. basically in her own way was encouraging me and not to subordinate to domestication, domestication of our culture um, and to start thinking for myself. And so she, from that, we started doing a lot of reading from religious studies um, and cultural norms, et cetera, just which constantly catapulted me into kind of the latest, greatest um, human behavior book that was out there. So I think my mom was a big part of that. That is so interesting. Do you remember how old you were when you kind of had that moment or that epiphany? Probably third grade. Gosh, that's cool. And you've it been just, on the quest ever really, since. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I actually ended up going to my own therapist my um, sophomore year in high school. And I just lied to her. said what you thought was supposed to be said yes I just was I just told her what she wanted to hear and I remember having a moment thinking I want to be able to relate to people and create this this safe experience for them that they can really connect to their authentic self and figure out who their authentic self is and I just remember thinking in that moment um this would be great work to do, but then hindsight, looking back on wanting to create a very different experience for people. Well, you certainly have done that for me. And I would venture to bet most of your clients would say the same. Uh, I mean, I've had some absolute breakthroughs that have just changed my life. There's like the Megan before Donna and the Megan after Donna. (laughs) And it's, it's really life changing. And, and so I'd love to just dig into a couple of those areas because I think everyone listening will benefit from those. And the first is, priorities, right? Everyone is in this hustle bustle. We're trying to cram too many things into the 24 hours that we have. 
And the first things to go are usually sleep and self-care and we have feelings of resentment. And, you know, you taught me the expression, you should all over yourself, all these things that we feel compelled to do, but then we feel resentment. You really helped me realize that we all have priorities, but you have to kind of figure out what your top two or three priorities are and then look at whether your action and your behavior is in alignment with those. And oftentimes they aren't. And that's where the tension comes from. So can you talk about what those main areas of priorities are in people's lives and then kind of how you suggest going about assessing what your true priorities are? Absolutely. Well, I think we we all have this fantasy of who we think we should be. And often we aren't clear on exactly what our highest values are. And we're subordinating again to injected values from society, from our parents, um, from messages. And so, so much of it is first to get clear on what our highest values are and what's really important to us. Because often we have um, this we have this roommate in our head, this voice that starts shooting all over us all day long. You know, it's that inner bitch or asshole in your head that is just this constantly telling you, well, that's not enough. You should do this. Why didn't you do this? You should have done this. Um, so a, a lot of the time I spend is like, let's get clear on on exactly who the authentic you is. And everyone has a, a list of values and all of them are going to be different from low priorities and high priorities. And we actually start living an inspired life when we start aligning our actions with the highest priorities and what actually gives us meaning every day. And our life is actually demonstrating our highest values and our highest priorities. A lot of people are just making themselves wrong, um, again, because they have this, this fantasy version of who they think they should be. But when they actually recognize the brilliance of who they are, or if they want to start making changes in their life, they start linking their values to their highest priorities. So let me give an example. You know, if someone says, wow, I really, I'm going to, I want to be a, you know, a multimillionaire and retire at the age of 30. And they say they have a high value on financial independence, but they're not saving. They're spending consistently and they're not making good investments and then they're making themselves wrong. So, so much of it is, so it, what is your highest values? Is your highest values actually traveling with your family and owning a, a big house and a nice car? Or is it financial independence and wealth and savings? Because both of those can have benefits to them. It's just how we end up internalizing those that will, that will make us wrong. So the important thing is to, and there is... Um, the Demartini website has a value determination um, link that you can actually has some brilliant questions that I'll refer my clients to to determine what your values are. Because to live an inspired life, we need to prioritize and spend time in high priority actions that inspire us and really learn to outsource things we don't like. Oh, I like that part. Ooh. I mean, I'm not, I, 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 I gave up a long time ago that I'm going to be, you know, and the president of PTA cutting out pumpkins and, and I see real benefit in that. And I am grateful for those people that have fulfillment from that, you know, but 10 years ago, I might've decided, Oh, a good mom would do this. Right. Sure. And shit all over myself. And so instead, once you get very clear on, no, I'm going to choose to spend my time in what inspires me. And how does that benefit my children to see their mom inspired? So when we stop comparing, because anytime we get into comparison, I'm either making someone better than me or less than me. Right. 
which ultimately isn't going to serve anybody. Oh, so much goodness in what you just talked about there. But let me just back up and say that we will include a link to that value assessment that you mentioned on the website so that people can take that. And I suspect it's just a lot like many of the personality tests of the five love languages or whatever, where you go in thinking it's going to be X. And then the way the test is set up, it's actually quite insightful to the person. Well, absolutely. Because again, I think people have a, a should. Well, this should be my highest value, right? I mean, I've, had, I've worked with some women that had a should that their kids should be their highest value. They tried to stay home for four months and, and were ready to lose their will to live. I mean, well, let's just get honest, right? I mean, and that's where, again, we start shifting into there's benefits and drawbacks to being home with our children. And there's benefits and drawbacks to working. It's just where we decide to put our focus. I mean, as you're talking, I just have this image or this hope, I suppose, that if people would allow themselves permission to live in their alignment, can you imagine how much less resentment, anxiety, depression, you know, many people would suffer from because they are trying to put their square peg into a round hole with the should business that you're talking about? Well, absolutely. And what I like to do is really encourage people. And this is one of the places I like to start um, with my clients is looking at the seven areas, looking at social, vocational, mental, physical, spiritual, family, um, and having them identify where they have a should, where that voice comes up in every area. Um, and getting clear. So, so, so for some people, and it comes from their voids. So for example, you know, I, I had a client that just never felt very attractive, um, felt really overweight, unattractive. So now her highest value is, is nutrition, fitness, what she looks like. So often our voids or our perceived voids will create our highest values that will drive us. So I had another... CEO of a company, he came from black in poverty and he never felt good enough ah. um, growing up compared to his friends. So, so the beautiful gift in is those voids are often what will catapult us to our greatest mission, vision, purpose, which Aristotle, Aristotle will call your telos, um, which is what's catapulting him to his um, success. But however, he still has that voice in his head that is, it's still never enough. It's still never enough. It's still never enough. Oh. And so that's the work I like to go back to clearing some of those, those um, voices um, that are also, will, will still, will run our lives until we can neutralize that. Right. And so speaking from personal experience, that was like the starting point where you helped me realize that what I said were my priorities and then my actions being out of alignment with one another was causing a ton of conflict because I was doing things with the expectation of satisfying other people or what I perceived other people's, um, you know, shoulds placed on me as well as my own internal should. So once I kind of got clear on that and started allowing my behavior to be in alignment with my true priorities, the other big aha moment for me in my work with you here is that not all nine areas or nine values as you sort of compartmentalize them, you can't have them all at once. Like you can really only focus on the top two or three. And I think that's yes. the other big thing for me too. Yes. Well, I, yes, because I think it, it, we're, there's no such thing as balance. We're going to spend more time and energy in our top two highest values. Right. Um, I, do, I do think there's real wisdom. I have a high value on empowering all of the seven areas um, because anything that we don't empower 
you know, if we don't empower our health, it's, we're going to get sure. over empowered with medical bills and doctors and the body's going to start giving us feedback through illness, et cetera. Um, so anything that, but, but yes, um, the, the balance is really actually living in your highest values, which will lead to that inspired living. Um, I want to circle back to another thing you said that I really appreciated, um, because I also think some of those messages around where we should on ourselves is um, living from the place of we should always be nice, yeah. never always be kind, not cruel, be generous, not selfish, yep. um, be, you know, Nar not narcissistic, but altruistic. Yep. So, and again, I think once we start to look at every trait, um, you know, like, like you and I have talked about this, what's the benefit, um, to being mean, to being a bitch? What's the benefit? I mean, there are times when you need to do that to protect yourself, certainly in the arena of boundaries that, I mean, that's been my specific takeaway with you. Absolutely. Because I mean, whether you call it assertive or what, a, you know, a bitch, basically you're teaching people how to treat you. Right. You're teaching people, this is my value. Yeah. This is what I need. You're assertive. However people want to label that you're going after what you need. You're valuing yourself. And what's the drawback to always being so nice? <laughs> I mean, your cup runneth empty quite quickly. And there's a ton of resentment that comes with that getting walked all over. Yeah, absolutely. And people will just wipe your feet on you like you're a yeah. doormat. Yep. You know, and just like I have, you know, I, I also get the opportunity to, to look into family systems. Um, and there will typically be um, someone in a family system or in a relationship that has a really is, is playing that piece, the, the, the peacekeeper in the family. Um, and while they're they're keeping the peace, they're, the war, because there's always the opposing opposite energy, is, is on the inside. Yeah. So wars being waged on the inside as they're repressing and, you know, they're not expressing. So right. um, keeping the peace at their own personal expense, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So I think we have these unrealistic fantasies of, oh, I, and, and uh, again, it comes from the void. You know, I, I worked with a mom the other day who had a fantasy that she should never lose her temper with her children and that she should kind of have this Buddha BS parenting and unfortunately, what was happening was she was holding and repressing any kind of feelings around anger or intensity. And then she would finally blow like a volcano sure. and then she would shame herself, beat herself up, flog, try to be perfect. And then all that pressure would keep building. So once I linked it back to her own childhood and the benefit that she got to experience to being around some volatility and some unpredictable energy and some anger... Oh. She was able to help understand, you know, she, she can read a situation. She can read energy. She can, I mean, learning to navigate and communicate to people um, in their values and to people, please, where she was liked. Yeah. Um, also served her really well. So I also, while she was able to also see the wisdom and the gifts of, of also being around anger in her own family system, she was then able to stop flogging herself and setting herself up for this unrealistic fantasy of being this Buddha mom parent, which was creating the opposing opposite energy. Because then we were able to link it for the kids. Wow, they know when there's a line. They right. know when you crossed it. They're going to deal with difficult people. Sometimes it's okay for them to learn to read energy. That serves us really well. Right. 
Well, and you touch on two of the other main topics I want to make sure we talk about today, and I'll let you kind of decide how to take them, or maybe they're in, in combination with one another. But one is that there's a benefit to everything that oftentimes we only focus on the drawbacks. And that's been another huge, huge aha moment for me with my work with you is there's always a benefit. And then the other thing you mentioned is this opposing energy. And I've learned so much from you about just how you present to the world energetically, the things that your mind focuses on, even if they're the bad things, the things you hope won't happen, you're actually energetically inviting them into your life. And also the fact that there's always um, like a, there's a counterbalance, there's a positive and a negative charge. I mean, talk a little bit about sort of the quantum physics aspect of that too. Um, Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think basically, I mean, anger and resentment it was basically like we're drinking poison and 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 the person that we're hurting is ourself um and and that doesn't mean we're not going to be angry or resentful i mean to hold it and to store it and to have that that story run your life for 30 40 years so while i want to acknowledge we uh, we have to feel um i think how long we stay in that energy and and the technique i I work with clients um on the uh, i also um teach the demartini method which is um basically takes quantum physics and and he's been studying human behavior and applies it to psychology, which I really appreciate um, because my concern with traditional therapists, which actually spells the rapist. And again, I am a marriage and family therapist, but I'm an unconventional one um, because a lot of therapists will keep people in this wounded victim energy and this victim story, and, and they will keep attracting the same situation, the same people, just in different faces and different forms. So I have a really high value and like, let's get to the heart of it and let's figure out the energetic pattern and, and, and let's change it. So, I mean, how many times have you been stuck on, um, something and then, and then attracted it, the same energy in a different story in your, throughout your life? Oh my gosh. I mean, certainly a lot more before I did my work with you. Um, and, and that's part of that neutralization stuff too, which we want to talk about as well. But yeah, the more you sort of simmer and sit in that, and then you kind of start to fixate on it. And as you said, it's good to have those feels and it's okay to feel resentment and anger. But mm-hmm. personally, the times I would just sit in that space, yeah. the more I would attract of that into my life. No question. Yeah, exa- exactly. So, so, so I'll just use an example because I think this really helps people shift. Um, so it was, it's really interesting. I just, I kept, you know, I, you're going to, anything that you, um, resent, you will attract, breed, or become, um, create, attract, breed, or become. So what we want to do is look at anything from the past and I'll, and I will, I'll have the, my clients kind of do a timeline so we can kind of get ahead of this, you know, to kind of look at what is the energetic pattern of what we're co-creating because yes, everything is come down to 99.9% of the universe is light. Um, which is photons, which has a positive and a negative charge. Um, so when you look at quantum physics, which is everything is just a frequency. Our thoughts have a frequency. We are just an electric magnetic waves of light that are transmitting and broadcasting waves of frequency. Um, so, and that's proven. That's not woo-woo. So I'm really fascinated when when people talk about energy and they think it's all like mysticism. Um, So 
when you look at um, your your past, I mean, I, so for so long, um, I was attracting throughout my dating life really intense, volatile, aggressive man, men, um, and I or just surrounding myself with my bosses with arrogant know it all assholes, right? Ah. So, it was really fascinating. And so, you know, and I had done with, with my, you know, I've been in this field now for 25 years. And so I had been through therapy and I had intellectualized and I had done the work, um, on my dad and, 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 but basically I was at a place of forgiveness. Like, Oh, he didn't know better. He did the best he could look at his childhood. But when I actually went back to moments of pain, and if you take out, if you actually take out the space and time and you go back to a moment and I could think of a painful moment and I'll just, I'll just go ahead and share, um, just for the authenticity and transparency. I went back to a moment and I, I went in where we were and, and he was beating my sister, telling her he was going to beat the fat out of her. Oh, wow. And in that moment, and I had to look and go, okay, I know the downside of that moment. So then I went right to the moment. I was like, what was the benefit? Well, the benefit in that moment was one, afterwards, my sister and I, she she had to go ride the exercise bike. I went down and like helped move the handles and we laughed and we sang and she and I became really close. Oh, wow. Um, I became really, really aware of energy. I, I started valuing being very thin, as you can imagine, yep. I started valuing fitness, health. I'm like, okay, I know you get rejected from that. This right. is how you do. I'm just going to strive for perfection. But I'll tell you, those challenges that he gave me catapulted me to my life's, my life's work. Because from that, I ended up getting my own counseling, um, which then became a high value on my appearance, which then... I went to to college. I wanted to do, to do be, again that that need to be perfect. Then catapulted me to my college, which catapulted me to the sorority, which is where I met my husband, which is where I met my kids. Which right. again, my whole life work is around um, health in the inside out. And mm-hmm. and for my sister, the truth is, is she was really obese, and I think for her, it it, it kept her from getting too, um, I think she would have gotten too large and, uh, you know, and of course, could there have been other ways to do it? Yes. Yes. But I'll tell you what, she's a badass. And what she did learn to do, she was very disempowered. She learned to rebel. She learned to rebel. She learned to finally stand up to my dad. She learned who she was. She learned her value. She then left the house. So, and, and now she's a very successful entrepreneur um, as well. So it's really interesting because people will look back and want to be like, oh my gosh, poor you, you're a victim. Right. Well, if I make my clients a victim, they will stay in that disempowered energy and continue to attract situations that they are victimized. So to round back to your point where you started with like the types of men that you were dating, I assume that that mindset and that energy was sort of pre the Donna that realizes the empowerment that came for you and your sister out of that moment. I bet the universe sort of shifted at that time. 
Absolutely. So thank you for helping keep me on track. No, no, you're you're totally on track. I just like for our listeners, I bet everyone right now has that specific moment in time. And I just want to help them sort of figure out how to now transition. Absolutely. And I think so when, and, and then the cool thing was, and so here's the other thing, this is the other thing of where, so then I was a a trap until I could neutralize, I went through hundreds of situations with my dad, um, and found how that, those situations, yes, of course they're both. There's the, the negative, the electron, the negative charge, but there's also the positive charge to the point where I wouldn't go back and change one thing in my childhood mm-hmm. because those situations and circumstance I needed to catapult me to my highest and greatest mission, vision, purpose. And mm-hmm. if you look at your entrepreneurs um, yeah. and your people that are that are changing the world, it, it's it, they, they've had a history. They've had a past. They've, they've actually perceived more challenge than support in their lives. Awesome. So yes, people grow the most on the border of challenge and support. Yep. And, and it's nice if you can keep those on the border, right? right? And that was where my mom came in. My mom came in as this beautiful support to balance my dad's energy. However, if I would have just been raised by my mom, I may have been juvenile dependent. So and I, you have developed your assertiveness and your empowerment that you're talking about. Yes, because she may have stayed, kept me in this beautiful space of, I'm, you know, the victim energy versus like empowered badass energy. So yes, once I was able to clear the charge with my with my dad and really go back and just shift into pure love and gratitude for who he was and the role he played in my life, then I was able to shift my relationships, um, into, into the partner and the people that I was also attracting. Sure. And the other layer, and this is the layer that my clients have the hardest time with, um, which they are either like, Oh, I love you. And I fuck you at the same time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is anything that we resent and have a high charge on with someone else is a part of us. Oh, amen. sister. Mm-hmm. So I had to also own all the traits of where am I aggressive? Where am I a self-righteous, know-it-all asshole? Because we are all everything. 4,800 traits. We are, we are, every one of us has every trait. It just shows up in different forms and different degrees. But if we look qualitatively and quantitatively, we all have it. So so the wisdom and the humility is also looking at, wow, where did I demonstrate that self-righteous know-it-all, whatever the charge was, yeah. and who did I demonstrate it to, and how did they benefit? So I could also be in a neutral space of love and gratitude for myself, but then it also clears the charge. So you don't have to keep attracting, creating, and becoming it, and you can just shift into this place of love and gratitude for what is. Mm without that constant voice running and criticizing yourself and everyone else and making constant, exhausting comparisons. Well, and that word you just use is, was another big powerful takeaway from my work with you, which is sort of accepting the isness. And you and I talked about this before we started the show. Um, I'm not the type of person that says necessarily, I believe everything happens for a reason. My work with you has taught me to accept the is 
and look for the benefit. Um, so we take these traumatic events or we take these just negative setbacks or whatever, these challenges, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. in life. And we don't necessarily say to a person who's just been through a hard event, you know, everything happens for a reason. But rather, I guess, as I see it in my own personal head where I go is, how can I use this to make me better? How will this improve me as a person? Um, what's the benefit of this? Do you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we then we can shift out of that, why is this happening victim energy? Right. Into this, what is this teaching me? Why am I co-creating this? Which is very much more of an empowered energy. Right. And so you have a choice. And, and that doesn't mean that those shifts are going to happen instantaneously. Sometimes those challenges are going to spin you out for a couple weeks. Right. And then eventually it's interesting. I just had a client this morning and she said, you know, this would have taken me a month to clear. And she said, and today I'm a badass. I cleared it in two hours. And and so it's really cool. I get to watch people really shift their lives as they shift their perspective because really how we think is just a habit. Right. Absolutely. It's It's trainable pattern. Yep. uh And and we're wired in the brain. It's a, it's just a habit. So I like to teach practical strategies that interrupt and rewire those neurons that wire together, fire together in the brain. And you start creating different habits in your thinking and your thought process and living, um, very presently and purposefully versus in this reactive state, which feels very chaotic and in a state of victim energy to me. Well, right. Like you're not behind the driver's seat or the driver's wheel. And that's exactly as you call this co-creation mindset is you're actively involved in the passage of your day and your time and how you spend your life, which I just love that. I love that empowerment from that aspect. Mm-hmm. Well, you model that too, Miss Megan. <laughs> Well, it's in large part thanks to your help, dear. <laughs> um, I want to round back to something you just talked about because I think it's a really important topic for us to cover, which is that neutralization um, mm-hmm. facet. And for me, the work that I did with you, what I discovered was my highs are really, really high and mm-hmm. fairly short-lived, but they're high. Mm-hmm. And therefore, my lows got to be very, very, very low. And what we started to talk about is how can I neutralize the high? It's not that you don't celebrate your wins or your awesome moments. Mm-hmm. Just start to neutralize them a little bit. And I wouldn't even say that you expect that there's going to be a low. It's just that as closer as you can stay a little closer to the baseline, what I found is the highs got to be less high in a good way, but then the lows also didn't go as low. And that was so powerful for me. Yes. Yes, I love that. That's so beautifully put. You put that so well. I think what happens is we get, there's a big difference in our highs in mania. And um, we get the endorphin rush and the dopamine rush. And, you know, it's almost like we, you know, we we meet someone for the first time and, and we see, you know, the hottest person walk through the door. And all you can see is, oh my gosh, you know, he has two eyes. I have two eyes. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. He likes broccoli. I like broccoli. He comes from Colorado. I come from, I mean, just all you can see is a one-sided bias. It's almost this infatuation stage. Yes. You get yourself all wound up. Yes. 
and and so that's where I'm like, okay, well let's let's bring in because the 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 more we're infatuated, the the, the ratio discrepancy is is the larger the drop because as we know, what we admire the most about people is later what we'll despise the most. For sure. Right. Like I love intelligence until you become a know-it-all, right? Totally. That's exactly right. (laughs) So I love humor until you use it. Yeah. Again, every trade has it up and a downside. It's neutral. So, um, again, so what I like to do, or, oh my gosh, you know, I got I have this new promotion and this is going to be a life changing and I'm going to have, you know, and all you can think of is what's going to be amazing and beneficial. And so what I like to do is, okay, great. What is the downside to your promotion? Okay. You're adding two more hours with your commute, the travel. Let's link that to the drawbacks of the family only so that people can also just be in a space of realistic thinking. So they don't have to have the real highs and lows. Because really, that's really what kind of, um, I mean, people love to label people, but when you look at even just bipolar, it's it's like you have this manic version, this fantasy version, and, and as much as people self-righteously puff up is how far they fall down into self-wrongious. Yes. And then they beat themselves up and they shame themselves and people would be better off without me, et cetera. So that they're as high as they are high is as low as they are low. And that's a very different extreme for everyone. And people that live really inspired lives often will find that. So I have to find myself, will have those highs and lows. So I will often have to go, okay, neutralize, neutralize. Um, and to your point, it's not that we're not celebrating. We're just love and gratitude, but our awareness becomes a full quantum. Yeah, I would say for me, the word that comes to mind is like hype. And in the image in my mind comes to mountaintops and valleys. And it's it's almost like I'm bringing the elevation of the mountaintop down just a little bit so that I can increase the level of the value of the valley so that the extremes aren't quite as big for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm living in this more kind of settled, calm space where day to day, I'm pretty much a combination of mountains and valleys, which I like. And so the hype for me at the mountaintop is it's less hype and it's more, as you said, appreciation, gratitude, awareness, but not just going, you know, over the top with just like obsession or mm-hmm. fascination or mm-hmm. self-congratulation, you know, whatever the thing is, um, because you're right. Like it matches the valley's going to match the mountaintop. Well, absolutely. And, and here's the, the gift that we give other people, because if we do have people on a pedestal, I like to, instantly take myself off of that and model imperfection and the hot mess of who I am at all times just to help people (laughs) because what's going to happen is if you put me or anyone else on a pedestal I promise you are going to work really hard I'm I'm gonna I'm going to fall and how high you have me up is how high I'm gonna fall so if I can help you know model that I'm I'm happy to assist and I I love what you said around um you know, it is, it's, it's shifting from this hype to just the real presence and the essence of just love and gratitude and, and the being in it. Yep. Well, and so you just touched on basically the other big thing I wanted to talk about today and my other major aha takeaway from you, which sounds so simple. And some of our listeners are going to say, how did this not occur to you sooner, Megan? But I will be honest that I was not living a life of 
as much authenticity as I do now having worked with you. And a lot of it has to do with that, that pedestal mindset, Mm -hmm. um, trying to preserve the perfection, the outward appearance of perfection to as many people as possible so that people couldn't see my flaws. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that of course there are, there are times of imperfection because we're flawed human beings, myself absolutely included when I'd fall from the pedestal and watch myself fall from that pedestal in other people's eyes, it was Mm -hmm. devastating Mm -hmm. and learning to live in this space of authenticity. And what you've really helped me realize is, you know, roughly 50% of the people you meet aren't going to like you anyway. And that's totally okay. But when you decide to live in authenticity, you free them up to make that decision based on the real you. And so the people that really do like you and do love you, love the true you. And that's the gift that you give them by living in this authenticity and off the pedestal. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, and I think what it's interesting because often and, and being a recovering, a recovering perfectionist myself, my type A go getting, go getters perfectionist often will have a complaint around struggling with being able to have really deep connections. Yes. And what I love to help people realize is people actually connect in vulnerability and rawness and in the hot messness. Yep. Not yep. not in the perfection. Nope. Nope. <laughs> right? I mean, so so it's it's really beautiful because it's easy to love ourselves in this idea of the, the perfection and, and we're you know checking the boxes and, and dotting the eyes. Um, yeah. it's the the real wisdom and really appreciating and leaning into the hot messness and how is that benefiting everyone around you? How is mm-hmm. that benefiting you? And really seeing the, that that one is not better or worse; they're just all important and entangled and necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and just as a personal experience, share as you know, this year I, um, it's the year of no drinking. And what's been interesting is that the more public I've become about that, which I definitely struggled because I thought, you know, I'm a lawyer; I should just be talking about lawyer things. I shouldn't be talking about personal life things. I certainly don't want to share anything that involves alcohol out there in the public. And then I just said kind of basically like, fuck it, I'm putting it out there. Yeah, girl. And the interesting thing, I bet, I, I don't even think I could count on all my fingers and all my toes, how many truly deep, authentic conversations I've had with people, sometimes just within moments of meeting them that have involved alcohol. I've had so many people share their recovery stories with me, mm-hmm. their struggles with alcohol. I've had people tell me that they've given up drinking for a period of time. Um, having because of our conversation, because of the thoughts and the and the awareness that it, it gave them, and um, just me being able to show up as me and say like, here are my thoughts and here are my struggles and here's why I'm doing this. And yeah, it's isolating, but at the same time, here's the benefit of not drinking and this whole thing. Um, but not trying to like impart any sort of agenda on people, just showing up and just sharing. It's really been cool how many neat relationships and connections that just that one topic has led to. Mm-hmm. You don't get there when you're holding out the perfection flag. You just don't. Mm-hmm. No, and, and it's beautiful because as you're being true and authentic to who you are, you you do get get you the fear, I think, for some people around drinking is the social isolation, but it's interesting because then you open up to this new tribe and this new vibe of people that you're bringing in, which are actually much more like-minded people on a very similar path. 
and much deeper connection, frankly, because yeah, you can be at a party or a bar and you're social for sure. And everyone's got a drink in their hands, but how many of those people do you ever really follow up with again or have any meaningful conversation with? I would say the percentage is a lot lower than the types of connections and conversations. Like I just mentioned where there's been a lot of follow-up and really cool connection that's happened from that. So, um, you know, that's just one example. Um, but I do just given me so much freedom around authenticity and especially type A and performer and entrepreneur, this desire to be liked by everyone all the time and just realizing how it's not possible. It's exhausting. It wears you out, takes your energy away from then being able to give it to the people that really deserve your time and energy. And you've just, it's like, you freed me up from that. Oh, girl, <laughs> you, you did the work. And I, I have to say, I, it, it's interesting because you really do shift from this. Do they like me to do I like them? Right. <laughs> and really, if you're actually asking yourself, does that person like me? I bet you if you're honest and check in with your heart, you, you didn't really care for them because we can we feel people whether they say a word or not. Yep. Um, I mean, energetically, just like you'll be thinking about someone from across the globe and they'll call you. I mean, that's. Yes. You know, so so we feel and know, and and the beautiful thing is, is if people like you or don't like you, it's it's none of our business. And right. truly, when we know that fifty percent will like us and fifty percent won't, I think to your point, it's just this liberating freedom of like, oh, I don't have to try to please and chameleon. I'm just gonna figure out and like me and figure out who I am and not trying to chameleon into what I think everyone else wants to please. And again, at a cost to the essence of who you are. Right. And, and pleasing yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Which just been, that really has been liberating. And Mm. I think the other associated takeaway for me was I realized I was settling for scraps in certain relationships where I was mm. allowing myself to be on the very bottom of someone's priority list. And yet I was constantly putting in a lot of effort. And so um, you helped me realize sort of like, I'm going to set certain standards with how I want to be treated within a friendship or a relationship because it's what I'm bringing to the table. And if I'm bringing more to the table than they are, um, you know, basically their priorities have revealed for me that I'm not a priority to them. And that's a gift. That's a huge gift. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting. I'm curious because as you shifted into really that authenticity and valuing yourself, are, so if relationships are the mirrors, have you also attracted relationships that are valuing and seeing you now? Absolutely. And it's it's almost a different group of people, um, which is sad in a way because sometimes you have to mourn sort of the end of other relationships. But at the same time, the new relationships are are different. They're deeper and there are fewer of them certainly. So this is definitely not a quantity game that you want to play. They're very quality relationships and far fewer of them. The people that repeatedly show up with just um, unfettered, unlimited love and appreciation. And um, that's, that's really been so amazing is like, oh my gosh, you still like me despite seeing my hot mess as you call it. And that's incredible. (laughs) It's really incredible. Yes, it is. And it does. It becomes much more about the quality of relationship, quantity and the benefits of that. Um, And I I can't tell you how many of my clients have said, I have weed waxed the majority of my social group, especially if they've worked with me for a while. And I said, said, and what's the benefit to the new form? What's the benefit to the new form and the energy and the people that you're pulling in that are valuing you? Because relationships are just a mirror. So that's where we get to learn from our greatest challengers 
and what we're attracting from people that are valuing us, loving us, and supporting us. So if we're attracting people that aren't making us a priority, I always say, look in, where are you not making yourself a value? Where are you not making yourself a priority? Where are you putting other people's needs before you? Because it really is just the mirror. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then I don't let people make it about other people and being a victim. I mean, of course I'll hold space for a while because there is real pain and all of that needs to be honored and acknowledged. And then it's like, great, let's, let's get in there and and neutralize and clear this. So this doesn't story doesn't have to keep running your life because you're worthy of a beautiful life that you deserve and inspired and empowered in all areas. I could talk with you about these things forever. And of course, probably just need to schedule a session to come on in and see you. But I have promised our listeners will keep this to about a commutable link. So I have two more questions I want to ask you. Um, One, if someone is hearing all of this for kind of the first time, and we've just totally blown their mind, obviously, they need to go to the website and take that values assessment that we talked about earlier. Is there one? And of course, they need to schedule a time to come see you. And by the way, Donna can do video calls too, wherever you are located. Um, I do global coaching. yeah, globe to globe work. Um, but is there one other uh, resource, book, video, poem, quote? Is there one other thing that kind of resonates for you to share with sort of like someone who's new to this approach to life? New to this approach? Oh my gosh, you know, I have so, I know there's so many. many. Um, I, some of my favorites, I love The Untethered Soul. Okay. I love Joe Dispenza's Changing the Habit of Being Yourself. Ooh. That one's a powerful one. Um, and Love the Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Okay. I, would- I think it was you that ta- um, told me about his other book that I read, um, the uh, uh, where he just accepts everything that comes to him. Dang, I'm forgetting on the title now. Um, I'll think of it in a second. I'll post it on the website. But he just basically takes what comes at him instead of him trying to impose his will on life's events. Mm-hmm. And it's the same author. Super mm-hmm. good stuff. Oh, cool. I may, um, I may need to know that one. Yeah. I, surrender. Surrender Experiment. Ooh. The Surrender Experiment. That's what it's called by Michael Singer. Oh. Um, which that's also just been so helpful with the work that you've done about the isness of things because I do try to impose my will on things. And just kind of learning to take it as it, as it is is so powerful. He says something in his book about how the universe existed, you know, 10,000 years before he arrived. And it'll continue to exist well after he's lived his 100 years. And so, <laughs> right. And so, you know, really like let's keep things in perspective a little bit like some of the day-to-day stuff that we get so wound up about really in, in the scheme yeah. of things as it were. um yeah uh so okay donna so when you look at the end of your life and and when you think about the things that people may say about you at your funeral or the legacy that you leave you know what do you hope what do you hope that is um You know, I think my mission, vision, purpose is just to inspire and empower others to see the greatness that's within themselves. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think so. And wouldn't it be amazing if everyone did that for themselves? Like, can you just imagine a world where people saw their their value and and Mm -hmm. lived their most authentic life? Wouldn't that be powerful? Just based on the things that you see among your clients, I bet it would be a danger. It's so rewarding. And, And just to know we're enough. You're enough. Make that your mantra every day. I'm enough. I'm enough. I love, I love I'm going to post a picture of that because you've got that on your on your wall in your office. That's great artwork. That's... I had that painted for my office. Yeah. What if you were already enough? Oh, Donna, you're such a gift. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful that people get to hear you this way. And 
Um, thank you. Change in the world. Likewise. Thank you so much for sharing this time and space. Um, oh, gratitude oh. for you and to all the listeners. Oh, you're a lovely lady. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, listeners, we'll have those resources up for you on the website when we get the show up in about a week or so. We'll have those links and you'll, we'll have a way for you to reach Donna if you want to chat with her. And in the meantime, um, everyone, I hope you have a beautiful and blessed weekend. Bye, Donna. Bye, Megan. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hopman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.